It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. I'm Dana Perino. I'm Brian Kilmeade. I'm Shannon Bream, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Friday, March 25th, 2022, I'm Eben Brown. Russia's war on Ukraine is not ending, and for millions of Ukrainians, it could mean months, if not years, spent in foreign lands. There's not much left to go back home to. And even if you do go back home one day, um, what if it's not under Ukrainian governance? What if it's under Russian governance? Do you want to live that way? This is the Fox News Rundown War on Ukraine. This is Jimmy Fallon, inviting you to join me for Fox Across America, where we'll discuss every single one of the Democrats' dumb ideas. Just kidding. It's only a three-hour show. Listen live at noon Eastern or get the podcast at foxacrossamerica.com. President Biden's entire administration has had to refocus in the past month, aside from domestic economic turmoil, fuel shortages, social upheaval and a looming midterm election. Russia's war on Ukraine has become a U.S. priority, which many feel could lead to hostilities between superpowers. In the meantime, four million Ukrainians are displaced. They're refugees and a majority are in or traveling through Poland where the president is visiting now. I don't think there's anything worse for a parent than to see a child suffering, their child suffering. I mean that sincerely. It's not hyperbole. I mean it from the bottom of my heart. And so what you, the humanitarian community, are doing is of such enormous consequence. The discussions on refugees in Poland comes after important summits with the heads of NATO. They are connected. First and foremost, his visit to Brussels was about the NATO allies and making sure that the whole world really watching understands that uh, the United States is with our NATO allies and that the alliance is a strong one and that, of course, the alliance announces what's happening in Ukraine um, and what they call this unjust war. Fox's Aisha Hosny is traveling with the president. She spoke to us from the Polish city of Szczesow. I think the second piece of it is incredibly important, and that is the refugee crisis that's come out of this war. A massive refugee crisis. I think I heard someone from a humanitarian aid group uh, say it like this, that the Syrian refugees, about four million of them, fled Syria in about four years. With this crisis, we're looking at about four million that fled Ukraine in about 30 days. So the crisis is incredible. Uh, the sheer magnitude, I, I just don't think we've seen anything like it since World War II. Um, and we're seeing uh, countries like Poland uh, really taking the brunt of it. And so the president visiting Poland today w- was to show support and to tell the nation and the president of Poland that we are with them and that we're going to also help them uh, monetarily. So the president yesterday in Brussels announced that uh, the United States is pledging a billion dollars in humanitarian aid and has also promised to accept uh, up to 100,000 Ukrainian refugees. So these are two ways the president is trying to address 
the refugee crisis here on the ground. Are there any discussions about where these folks will end up uh, either in the short or long term? Poland cannot take in all four million of them. Uh, the United States taking in 100,000 is a is a great gesture, but it's, a, it's really as, as high of a number that is. It's a fraction. So so what goes on from here? What where do we even know where these uh, these displaced persons can go and and for how long? Right. Right. So you bring up a really good point because, yes, we have pledged to accept 100,000 Ukrainian refugees, but many Ukrainians want to go home, right? They don't want to go anywhere else. That's why they're opting, the most of them, to stay in in countries like Poland, closer to the border, closer to their husbands, their fathers, their sons that are in Ukraine still fighting the war. A lot of these families have been separated. We have to remember the situation is not that we have, you know, total family units that are fleeing. We're watching uh, women with their children separated from their husbands that are fleeing. So they have every intention to go back home. So while that is a kind gesture that we would accept them, I think we're obviously trying to help Poland that is taking the brunt of the refugee crisis. I think many Ukrainians want to eventually go home. And many Ukrainians feel they will go home because they have that strong resolve we've seen. They do believe that they're going to win this fight um, no matter how long it takes, and they will be able to go back home and rebuild their country. Now, as far as what happens to them, so I'll I'll kind of break down the process for you because I think it is Mm -hmm. a little confusing. So um, here at the Poland border, there are probably – two major border crossing cities. And what happens is when Ukrainians come through, they go through the immigration process, um, and then they are taken to a train station, then they're loaded onto buses, and they are moved to refugee centers. And these refugee centers, Evan, are just welcome centers. They're not permanent places for them to stay. They're really mostly just a, a one night or a two night stay. And then these refugees have to move on because of the sheer influx. I mean, for example, um, the town of Shemeshel, okay, um, population, I think, 50,000, 60,000. At one point, they were processing, I want to say about 2,000 refugees an hour, I mean, it was absolute insanity. And they did it with the help of nonprofits, anyone and everyone that was coming in from around the world, including Americans. And um, it's stressing these towns, these border towns. They're not made for this. They're rural communities. Um, They did not see this coming. I think they tried to prepare as much as possible, but they were not prepared for the sheer uh, humanity that fled. Um, And I actually spoke with the mayor of Shemichel yesterday, uh, Mayor Bakun, and and he even said, look, you know, the capacity in our warm hearts is going to end at some point. And he doesn't mean that the polls are just going to turn off you know, take away the welcome mat. What he's saying is that eventually we have to find a long-term solution. We have to find a long-term plan because as the war drags on, these Ukrainians are going to need a permanent place to stay. They can't just keep staying in people's homes or hotels, places like that. We're going to really have to figure out where these people can go. Um, so what, what, yeah. So, so what are the concerns that this is going to be a long-term diaspora? Uh, because eventually a Ukrainian family, if they have their family together or part of a family that's been living in Poland or Moldova, 
uh, and they're there for two or three years and they have a job and a place to live, going back right. home becomes less of a necessity at that point. Right. Well, and, and perhaps they won't want, want to go back home. I mean, whatever happens um, in eastern Ukraine specifically, uh, you know, we, we've seen the images coming out of cities like Mariupol where there's not much left to go back home to. And even if you do go back home one day, um, what if it's not under Ukrainian governance? What if it's under Russian governance? Do you want to live that way? So I think these are really tough questions. And, and you know, you think about having to make these decisions uh, overnight, you know, with fleeing with whatever you can carry. And, and we're watching these people come into the train stations carrying just backpacks, you know, maybe a suitcase. I've seen the elderly um, sleeping on the floor of a train station with nothing but just a thin blanket underneath them. Um, so you've got now nearly 4 million people that are essentially homeless, um, wondering when they're going to go back. And here's the other part of it. 4 million is a big number, Evan. I just want to remind people that there are about 6 million that are internally displaced in that country. Um, they haven't fled Ukraine yet. They're still within the country, but they don't, they can't go back home. And then you have 2 million that have fled towards the Polish border. So they're in Western Ukraine. They haven't crossed over yet, but they're waiting. They might. They're in cities like Lviv um, at refugee centers. Uh, they don't want to leave, but they might have to leave. So I think the crisis is is not over yet at all. I don't think that we can we can imagine that, you know, uh, some money here, some organizations here is going to fix this. I think you're exactly right. We're looking at a um, at a shift. Basically, I would say Eastern Europe could be changing here. We could see now um, a, a large population of Ukrainians now entering into other countries like Poland, uh, maybe even moving further into the EU, like Germany, uh, the Netherlands. And, 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 and that's exactly what we've seen in other refugee crises where they just have to start over again. You've been listening to Fox News correspondent Aisha Hosni. She's been traveling with President Biden in Europe on the Fox News rundown war on Ukraine. We'll have more with her straight ahead. Uh, there's another problem that's been brewing that uh, I think a lot of people have been talking about. The president has has made some significant mention of it in, uh, today as well. Uh, and that is U- Ukraine is sort of like the the Kansas of Eastern Europe. It, it is the, the it's, it's the breadbasket. It's been called that for decades, if not longer, centuries even. Uh, and uh, this war has interrupted production of wheat, the distribution of wheat, uh, and that is going to cause problems with food. And, and for most people who may not realize, uh, just like uh, petroleum is in so many things that we use, wheat is in so many things that everybody eats, not just, uh, you know, loaves of right. bread. Uh, so here we are with yet another problem. And the president, I know, made some remarks about this. What did he say? He did talk about this today, and, and he obviously acknowledged this is a great concern. And he said that the U.S., uh, I believe, which is the third um, uh, largest supplier of wheat, um, will step up to the plate and will try to um, help countries around the world. I, I think it is a serious concern, if not the most serious. Obviously, 
we are we're taking we're giving great importance to what's happening to the people in Ukraine, um, the lives that are being lost, women, children, families. But I think uh, this is not just a Ukraine issue. I think that people around the world have to start paying attention. Um, and we have refugee crises all over the world. You know, I, I, I'm a part of uh, I'm a board member for USA for UNHCR, and I started right before this crisis hit. Uh, in fact, my first board meeting was the day of the invasion. So, you know, we got right to work. But part of the orientation process w- for me was, you know, really getting a look at how many refugee crises we were dealing with around the world. Now add this to it, people are talking about famine. People are talking about famine not only in Ukraine, but in other countries that rely on the wheat and the food that comes out of Ukraine and Russia. Um, so I think it's a, it's a very important conversation to be had, probably the most right now, and we have to get ahead of it. And by UNHCR, you are, just so everyone knows the acronym here, you're talking about the United Nations High Commission for Refugees. Yes. And yeah, so that's a yeah, right. Sure. And uh, and Ukraine is no uh, sadly no stranger to famine. It's been uh, roughly, I think, yeah. almost 90 years since the beginning of the Holodomor, yep. which was uh, a man-made famine, certainly uh, in which four million people died, starved to death. So right. this this must be uh, I would say that the Ukrainians uh, dealing with problems now probably have grandparents that remember the Holodomor. So absolutely. Uh, it's certainly a tragic scenario. And, and, and if I could, and if I could just add one last thing, I mean, I don't. Obviously, we don't want to create panic, but we have to also acknowledge the threat of nuclear warfare, uh, a nuclear disaster. Um, people are talking about this very seriously here in Eastern Europe, definitely in Poland. And the reason that is, and it might be hard for Americans to. Um, not take it realistically, but to, to think that it might happen. But here in Poland, it is very realistic because you'll remember um, people probably in their 40s and their 30s right now were kids playing outside when Chernobyl happened, right? Chernobyl happened in the 80s. It wasn't that long right. ago. And so when the ash cloud started moving across Europe, people in Poland, you know, who were maybe 10 years old, 11 years old, and were outside, whoever was outside got sick. Um, I know personally someone here, uh, one of our teammates who's Polish, he has thyroid issues um, because he was a young boy playing outside when that ash cloud passed overhead. And so this is a, this is a, definitely a reality for the Poles, and um, it's one of the reasons why we're seeing panic buying of potassium iodine, potassium iodide pills all across um, Eastern and Central Europe because people are very afraid that we could see either Vladimir Putin use nuclear weapons, chemical weapons, or, you know, we have at least two plants, nuclear power plants in Ukraine that are in Russian control, and there's always a fear of a nuclear disaster. Fox's Aisha Hosny reporting for us from Zhezhov, Poland. Thank you for being with us on the Fox News Rundown, War on Ukraine. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. 
You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. I'm Guy Benson. Join me weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and guests. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the free podcast at GuyBensonShow.com.